podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another edition of Digital Health Unplugged. I'm your host, Jordan Soloff, news reporter at Digital Health. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be focusing on CCIO mentoring. We've done a previous episode focusing on CNIO mentoring, so really great today to be focusing on CCIOs. And I've got two brilliant guests alongside me to chat about that. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves, um, starting with you, Aisha. Hi, so my name is Aisha Rahim. I am a consultant psychiatrist. I still work clinically, but I'm also a chief medical information officer in the Mental Health Trust. And I have a role as the clinical lead for digital mental health at NHS England. Brilliant. And Alistair? I'm Alistair Cannon. I'm I'm also a psychiatrist. I'm based in South London. Um, shortly, I'll be an education fellow doing simulation things, um, also in South London, um, and doing various digital health things along the way in what often feels like quite an unstructured way hmm. yeah brilliant thanks both um thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast um first question then really kind of coming to both of you what motivated you to participate in the kind of mentoring program and kind of what were your expectations like before it all began i think the thing that motivated me the most is remembering what it was like starting off in digital health uh, about six or so years ago and falling into that career fairly accidentally, but really enthusiastically, but getting there and not really knowing where to start or who I should go to for advice or support. Because when I started, it was one of those things when I spoke to other clinical colleagues, other medics, other consultants, they would look at me with as if I had three heads. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. doing something that was so far removed from or what felt like something that was so far removed from clinical work. It was difficult to sort of find a network of peers I suppose now happily I eventually found that network and helped create a network too but initially I was sort of flailing around trying to make it up as I went along and I thought if I can make that transition any easier for somebody else that's coming on after me then then that feels like a really good use of my time. Great Alistair? Great it's really useful to hear even really useful to hear it again of that having had the same experience because I, I was very much drawn into this of like, I still, after quite a while, sort of floundering perhaps mm. in this space, not knowing what is what, what's going on, still very much feel like, I know that there are things that I want to do. I've got these things that make me want to get involved, but it still feels like, I don't know where, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where to start. And sort of this, this very much seemed like, Okay, great. Let's speak to a group of people, in fact, who may have had the same experience and have a similar goal and several of whom are further along that road, as much as it may or may not exist, and try and get a sense of where where am I going? What's What should be my next steps? Because I feel a bit lost, basically. Yeah. And... Um... How did you kind of find the mentoring relationship and and maintain that kind of regular communication and engagement throughout the program? Because, you know, some might think maybe it's easy to lose touch. So how did you ensure that kind of that communication was constant? I think there's certainly something about being organised and actually making time for activities like this, because it's really easy to get caught up in the day to day 
of clinical work, other demands on our time and just doing the day job, really. But actually, this is so valuable. Certainly, if I'm talking about my perspective, this is something that I really look forward to doing as a mentor and having mentored other people as well. And I think if you don't carve out that time specifically, you'll find yourself drifting from people that you intend to stay in touch with. So there's something for me about being very deliberate in how I organise my time and make sure that we've got you know we're keeping an eye on this and also having uh, somebody tap with my diary that makes my life a lot mm. easier. So. I, I think that's really worked well I, I hadn't really realized it but having that this is a mentoring program and there are other people involved and we sort of committed to doing this has actually been probably the thing that's made sure that it happens mm-hmm. rather than sort of saying oh yeah great we've we would be really good we'd be really well matched in a mentoring setup let's meet up at some point and then it never happens and it's a Great. challenge I think just to sort of expand on that a little bit further because of course people are busy and the scheme that we're participating in here is a group mentoring scheme so it does involve coordinating several people's diaries at the same time which adds a hmm. further layer of complexity but I think the fact that most of us have made most of the sessions you know I think that's been a real testament to the commitment to the program really and, and hopefully that others also find it valuable but it's yeah it's it's not always easy so yeah there's something about that deliberate nature of this is something that I think will be valuable this is how I'm going to carve out time and a, a level a small level of formality around it so it isn't just a just a quick catch-up and a quick happenstance chat that you have I think that also helps to make it as you know easier to to be able to say I'm going to carve out this time to do it specifically mm. yeah that structure has been really helpful I think perhaps especially so with it being in a group because I found having that group setting really helpful if only well partly because of the reason that I can then realize that other people are having similar existential crises to me thinking oh I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what's going on and people are having really similar frustrations and then having a structure to bring that together turns it from everyone just having a chat and having a bit of a, a moan about what's going on into something that's actually constructive yeah and I think that's partly um the job of the person facilitating that conversation to think through and take a very solution focused approach to the discussions because you're right Alistair I think sometimes because a lot of the challenges are very similar and I I should say at this point that it's not just psychiatrists in this group mentoring uh, (laughs) session that we have there are people from different settings as well which is which is great and and, uh, really valuable but certainly being aware that yes people need a space to be able to share the difficulties and the challenges that they're going through but also thinking more broadly okay so what are some of the strategies that somebody else in the group may have come across to get over a similar situation because you're right yeah this is you know largely the things that we're battling with are common the setting might be different the details might be different but actually there will be people that have been there done that for the vast majority of the things that we end up talking about brilliant yeah um this is a question i always kind of wonder for those seeking mentorship how do you kind of go about finding the right mentor? It's a tough one to answer. Mm. Isn't it? it is a tricky one because you want to find someone who who you can get along with mm-hmm. and with whom you could plausibly 
just have an unstructured chat about life and work and careers and where you're headed but also someone who can then someone who's in a position where you can learn something from where they are I guess it doesn't have to necessarily be someone where it's like yeah you're career-wise in exactly the position I want to be in but it needs to be someone where career-wise you're somewhere that's interesting and somewhere that I want to learn about and somewhere where you must have in order to have got there learned some really useful stuff along the way that it would be really helpful for me to pick up um, yeah not very practical but I think that's a good starting point mm-hmm. are you sure you that? Yeah, I think what you were saying, Alice, about being able to connect with somebody is probably one of the most important things, because actually there is there is a temptation to seek out people that are doing a very similar thing to the thing that you're doing or that you want to be doing. And that's that's fine. That has its place also. But actually, I would say don't rule out approaching people who are doing something completely different because that teaches you so much more and if you sort of take a very narrow view of a career pathway you'll limit your your possibilities really because one thing that really stands out from lots of conversations I've had in this context and, and similar contexts is that people's journey are people's journeys are so varied and so there's something about seeking out people who have taken a slightly different route because that might help inform you in making some of the choices that you otherwise would not have known that you had the ability to make a choice around so I I think there's something about talking to different people at different stages and also you might have you know different mentors at different stages of your career as well and I think that point about really broadening the people that you are exposed to can be really informative and particularly those people that aren't necessarily like you in what they do and, and their specialty and their context. I really like the idea of people with different routes and the way they've got to where they are now being able to sort of get a really good understanding of a few different people who've done that because otherwise there are just too many options and it's almost paralyzing because you don't know where to start but you can start to think oh that these three or four might be the most plausible and these 10 actually probably not and then at least you've narrowed it down and you can start trying a little bit in different directions to see what fits best rather than being faced with 30 50 100 different options I think that's right because you know you will if you go to conferences if you do reading of blogs and you know if you go on social media you will see that people have had various journeys and that's fine but actually trying to make sense of that and what it actually looks like in detail I mean that's a benefit I think of the mentoring relationship that you can get into some of the nitty-gritty well how actually did you progress in that sense because there are are as many pathways as there are people working in digital health I think and if you're looking for a playbook or a roadmap of how to get to somewhere well there isn't one that's very well defined and I think people have made up their own journeys really but you only get to see the mechanics of that by having a more detailed conversation as well so I think that's again where mentoring can play a really helpful additional role to some of the reading that you might already do or the kind of quick conversations that you might have with people. I think that's actually the big distinction because I've spoken at length about how we quite often hear these career stories and like 
Great. A beautiful example of survivorship bias. You've got to where you are now purely by accident, and there is no way I could possibly replicate that. But in, in this more dialogue-based connection, you can actually say, okay, right, more specifically, what worked, what didn't work, which ones might work for me, try and thrash that out a little bit, and then it, those career stories actually become something useful. Yeah. Brilliant, some really good stuff said there. Um, we've touched a little bit on the challenges kind of during the mention programme, but are there any other kind of challenges, obstacles that kind of stick out to you and, and kind of how did you overcome them as well? I think, I mean, we've talked about the uh, diary management, which yeah. is more of a problem when you've got several people meeting in a group, but I think that's offset by some of the benefits of having a group discussion. But I think there are some other challenges in that there are some areas and some topics that actually everyone struggles with and there is no perfect answer. And so what the mentoring conversation can do is to almost help people think aloud and, you know, try one thing, maybe try something else if that doesn't work and to feedback. And that's what the ongoing relationship does, because you've got that feedback loop then as well. It's it's all very well having a one-off conversation with somebody that you might meet at a conference, say. Um, but then you never generally get to have that scheduled conversation afterwards unless you're very deliberate about it. Well, I tried that and I came across this problem and did that happen when you tried to do this? But again, that the ongoing relationship allows you to test things out and take things not just obviously from the person facilitating but the other mentees as well in that in that room because again the com the problems that we're facing are generally fairly common across different settings but yeah that you know it's not a place where you necessarily will get the absolute solution to everything and every problem that we come across i, I wish it was i think it would be a lot easier if my mentoring conversations fell into that group so there's something about thinking collectively and, and that's that can be difficult sometimes when there are no easy answers mm. i guess we sort of run up against problems that are really frequent and things that we can sort of all we've all had experience of similar problems and so there's then that danger of it just becoming, oh, yeah, isn't life difficult? Um, mm. But we sort of I think we've got quite good at just finding little changes to try and overcome those, um, which I think work really well. So it's that that focus on being constructive with small actionable things, I think, has worked really nicely. Yeah, and I think that's one of the tips for facilitators or mentors is to think through those solutions really or suggestions and and create an environment where people can share their solutions more importantly so yeah I, it's like what we're saying I suppose the risk is it just becomes a place where we all go and vent for an hour or so and then ultimately we're no further forward and, and that doesn't really help much beyond the actual duration of the session so Having that mindset as a mentor is something that you will have to be conscious of. And so that's something that I am constantly sort of checking in with myself as we're having a mentoring conversation. Is somebody's touched on something really tricky here. How do we think about maybe not solving the whole thing, but how can we elicit some ways of attacking it, the problem from multiple different angles to at least get some traction with solving it? Great. Um... What would you say are some of the most valuable insights and kind of lessons that you've gained from mentoring and how have you applied or had you a plan to apply those in your work going forward? I think one of the big things for me has been 
realizing that sort of that similarity of experience of like oh I, I'm bringing these things that I've struggled with and then everybody says oh yeah yeah I that's still a problem for me now or that has certainly been a problem for me in the past um and I, th I think that makes me feel sort of less wary of like where other people are coming from because I can think reasonable assumption is that you've had very similar frustrations to what I've had and then that sort of sets you up for better working relationships just much more quickly I think that that generalizes quite well I think from my perspective I, I definitely relate to what you're saying there Alistair but weirdly I also have an opposite uh, benefits that I get from these mentoring sessions because sometimes you can get stuck and you develop a little bit of tunnel vision about your own organisational context. So actually seeing that there are sometimes significant differences in how different organisations set up their digital teams or the organisational culture that people are operating in, that can be a reminder that actually there is quite a lot of variation not in the problem, but in the context in which you're trying to resolve that problem. And that's really helpful because you can then take that to other conversations. And when you're trying to sort of work through something with people and, you know, sometimes being called to help advise on a situation, you can take that reminder that things are different and use that to provide advice that is much more tailored to somebody's own individual environment because what solution might work in one organisation might not work in another organisation. And one of the things that I'm thinking of in this space is how the drive for standardisation versus autonomy is a really tricky balance. And particularly when you're trying to introduce digital processes, platforms, services across an entire organisation, being mindful about what is the organisational culture, what's the attitude towards standardisation, because there's a, a you know strong argument to reduce unwarranted variation. Digital can help you do that in terms of your clinical pathways. But actually, if you're doing that in an organisation that is very much one that promotes individual autonomy for different business units, for example, you need to be aware of that because it might change how you approach the thing that you're trying to do. So it's just a really helpful reminder to me that actually the context is really important. And if you stay, you know, often we end up in organisations and we stay for, for a number of years and you forget that actually different organisation cultures can vary significantly. So I, I find that a really helpful and salient reminder when I'm speaking to people in different contexts and different systems. I think that sort of outside perspective is also really useful in terms of realising each other's strengths. Because mm. sort of you and I are at very different points in perhaps quite similar careers. The rest of our group clinically have very different backgrounds. And we, we can all then sort of sit down together and think, oh, well, you've, you've obviously got these really useful attributes, which we're so easy at just completely forgetting in ourselves and it just takes someone to be like surely that's obvious you've got just remember this yeah and then like, oh yeah that's actually a really great starting point for whatever I'm going to be doing next yeah right. I, I think that's that's true isn't it it's um we can get into our own little 
specialism silos and forget that actually even beyond that there are still some com commonalities that we can draw on from each other and similar challenges again in a different context so yeah it, it's a very um very enlightening to have that rich discussion in an environment where you've got people from so many different uh, different organizational contexts absolutely yeah um do you think there are enough clear pathways for young people and aspiring CCOs kind of to develop or do you think more could still be done in terms of kind of providing support and maybe other mentoring initiatives as well similar to this one big question <laughs> shall I leave that one to you honestly you'll probably yeah, yeah. but I think <laughs> anyone who's ever enjoyed me speaking about digital health for more than a few minutes will know that I will think there are definitely not enough clear pathways of where to begin and maybe maybe part of that is my own sort of anxiety about knowing where I'm going, which affects a lot, certainly a lot of doctors, probably a lot of other clinicians, but definitely we're used to these clear conveyor belts and you pick the one that will take you where you want to go and off you go. Um, with this, there just isn't that. And it can feel, I know it can feel because it does feel for me quite bewildering, a little bit scary um yeah i think it would be i think we really should just really propagate this this idea of mentoring as being just like a routine activity that people do rather than it being something that's a bit oh it's a program here this is a special event that only a small number of people will engage in because they devote the time to it i think making it more of like this is actually a really really useful tool everybody should be doing it I think if we can get to that point, we we're one step further to having getting getting rid of that bewildering unknown, that fog. <laughs> yeah, and I again very much relate to what you're saying because that's how I felt when I started my journey as well. And I think particularly because medicine is so structured, it's a very traditional career pathway, suddenly being thrust into a career that's slightly outside of the norm your peers generally don't understand what it is you're doing, let alone the pathway. But actually, your managers largely won't either. And that's a bit disconcerting in particular. So having those peers, those like-minded folk, and also people that have trod that path before to draw on their, um, I suppose, experience is, is really, really important. So, yeah, absolutely no not enough pathways. I think the thing that has really struck me is how many people are actually willing to mentor folk. And that's, you know, partly because I suppose similar to me, they've been there, they've done that, they know how disconcerting it is and they want to try and make it easier for, for other folk. But also it helps to keep me on my toes. So there's an absolute benefit for me in providing that kind of mentorship and reminding myself what it's like, because it's very easy to sort of get established in your career and forget how bewildering and confusing it is for those folk coming after you. And so one of the things, apart from these you know, fantastic, more formalised schemes that exist and people should certainly take advantage of, there's nothing stopping you from reaching out to somebody um, via social media, for example, LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever, and asking them, actually, could you just spare even 30 minutes, half an hour, you know, an hour for a conversation? And that might lead on to a mentoring conversation. But equally, if you feel that you've got 
stuff that you want to share with other folk if you come across somebody at the start of their career you can offer to mentor them and that's that's sometimes how things happen in mental relationships develop and certainly one of my earliest mentors within digital somebody I'm still in touch with a number of years later he offered to make mentor me right off the bat I hadn't asked him but actually in retrospect it's one of the most important relationships professionally that I had through my career journey if he hadn't have said that I don't think it would have occurred to me to ask him if he could mentor me so there's there's a there's a, a dual way of approaching this offer to mentor people they might say no they might grab the chance with both hands but also if you are you know if you see somebody that you um, feel would make a great mentor approach them the worst they can do is say no or just not reply but actually you'd be surprised at how many times people say do you know what absolutely let's have a chat it can feel a bit scary sort of deciding oh this is this person maybe it's someone I actually I like I really admire and they're very important and very senior and I'd need to reach out and message them could feel really scary yeah but actually people are people are nice aren't they yeah most people are nice most people want to help as far as they can and if they're busy you know maybe they won't reply or they'll tell you they're not busy but you haven't soured that relationship by by asking and uh yeah i I come from the school of thought you don't ask you don't get so it's Mm -hmm. at some point it's a numbers game and uh yeah hopefully you'll you'll get lucky that you uh, reach out to them they they the stars align and uh, you can start a mentoring relationship. Brilliant. Yeah, some really good points there, particularly around kind of making mentoring more of the norm and second nature rather than this kind of special programme. So, yeah, really good. Um, finally, then, from me to round off what's been a great episode. This is why I like hosting a podcast. I just sit back and listen. It's really fun. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to a uh, other aspiring, you kind of given advice throughout the whole episode, to be honest. But what advice would you give to other aspiring CCIOs who are kind of considering, kind of participating in a mentoring program and maybe not sure whether they should or not? And what do you think are the key qualities and characteristics that make a successful mentor-mentee relationship? Just go for it. Mm-hmm. Like I really think this should be just a routine part of what we're doing in terms of developing ourselves. But but in that sort of being aware of if you're the mentee in that relationship, being aware of who and what and where your mentor is, and then figuring out, okay, well, based on that, what's what kind of things are we going to learn in this? And then being really, really open-minded. I think that applies especially in the group setting to just thinking, okay, well, there are going to be things I can learn. I don't know what they are. If I did, I'd feel a lot less lost. I don't know what they are yet. So let's just see, let's just see what comes up. And sort of perhaps part of that is engaging in a lot of really honest, introspective reflection of like, where where am I at? What am I thinking? What are the things that are holding me back? And how can I make use of the things that are coming up during these sessions? I suppose from my perspective, firstly, and probably most importantly, it's completely normal to find this really difficult and confusing when you first start off. So don't go into this assuming that you should know it because everybody else knows what they're doing and it's just you that's finding it's difficult. No, this is difficult stuff when you're starting off. So that's the first thing. Second thing is that actually, as again echoing what Alistair has said, having a mentor is totally normal and it's normal outside of digital health it's normal outside the nhs as well at all levels of seniority 
actually having a mentor and or a coach. I know some executives have both a mentor and a coach because they are slightly different. Completely normal. And it can really help you your practice improves so you can be the best that you that you can be in your job as well so I think it's really it's really important that it's a very normal thing to have and I think advice to mentors is yeah just retain that focus on um creating an environment where ideally people find their own solutions but also just sort of guiding people so you're thinking about okay yeah this is difficult how, how do I gain a little bit of traction? It doesn't need to be solving a problem in its entirety. How can I just get a little bit of traction and have a little bit of an improvement? Brilliant. Well, um, yeah, sadly, we've come to the end of the episode. So I just want to say thank you, first of all, for taking the time to come on the podcast. And then, yeah, as I said, you were both a joy to listen to. And I think it's a really valuable episode for a lot of people. I think this will be so. It's been available to listen back to on all your favourite podcast platforms, as always. Um, take care and... We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Digital Health Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favourite podcast platform. And to find out about our latest news and events, head to our website digitalhealth.net